Welcome to The Real Look. I'm Bruce Hardy. And I'm Chase Williams. I'm so excited to introduce this episode's Northern Lights guest, Rachel Harris, with Keller Williams Greater 360 in Poolsbow, Washington. Rachel is not just a self-proclaimed Bremerton lifer, she's a real estate lifer too. Her industry journey began in 2006 when she bought and flipped her first home. She was so in love with the process that she left her post as a fourth generation in the Puget Sound Naval Shipyard to pursue her real estate dream full-time in 2018. Since then, Rachel has been rocking it as an individual agent with Keller Williams Greater 360, closing 42 units last year with over 19 million in volume. Please enjoy this conversation with Rachel Harris. Well, g'day, Rachel. Welcome to The Real Look. Where does today's podcast find you? Well, thank you for having me. I'm here in Bremerton, Washington. We all have a life before real estate. So what was your journey? Oh, my goodness. Well, my journey starts, I would say, when I was about 21 years old, spending way too much time on HGTV, thinking that I could flip a house, which I could not. (laughs) That kind of began my journey. My dad luckily bailed me out and saved me and tried to do a for sale by owner, which realized that that wasn't really going to be too feasible. I moved to North Carolina and I started working with a team out there, actually facilitating short sales, which I ended up having a team under me, but I was probably the main negotiator for the short sales. And then I moved home to Bremerton. It was the land of very little opportunity back then. So I got a job with the government here. I went through the apprenticeship program for electronics mechanic, and I was a submarine repair lady for about five years. A submarine repair lady. So what is a submarine repair lady? <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth, um, <laughs> Yeah. We worked on parts of the submarine that controlled the driving of it, the stuff that listened to the submarine. And it was really fun. But to be completely honest, I am not mechanically inclined. I was not a great mechanic. And so I tried to take the skills that I do have and communication and planning and things like that to try and find a new job within the government. And about three years of trying that, I just wasn't happy. And so I got back into real estate part-time as a transaction coordinator. One day I just realized that life is short and went back into real estate full-time as an agent. And it was terrifying. (laughs) But that was in 2018. Wow. Now you're born and raised, right? In Bremerton? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. So you get into full-time real estate. How was that first year for you? Well, the first half of the year was a little bit bumpy because I actually partnered up with someone. Her name was Jamie. She was amazing. I was going to be the behind the scenes person. She was going to do the social media and the lead gen and all that. But her husband took a job in Wyoming and she moved. (laughs) We tried to continue our partnership with her not living here. But one day I just realized we needed to part ways. And the moment, literally the moment that I said, I have to go out on my own, my phone started ringing. And I was like, what is this? Uh, You know, friends just started reaching out to me to help them buy houses. And to be honest, it was a pretty good first year. I felt very, very lucky. So fast forward, 42 transactions last year. Yeah. With no help, just you? I had an executive assistant for probably eight months of the year. 
And then I have a transaction coordinator, which I don't know what I would do without her. But yeah, showing all those houses and listing everybody. uh, Yeah, it was just me doing that. My assistant was unlicensed, so there was only so much she could do. So Rachel, how do you go about generating that amount of business that you're producing in a year like that? Where does your lead generation come from now that you're responsible for those things? Every single one of those clients was from my sphere. I didn't pay for any leads or anything last year. And most of that was actually in the first half of the year too, because as we know, things changed a little bit in the latter part, but every single one of those clients came from a past client, a friend or a family or a lender referral. And again, I felt very, very blessed. So if if all your business is from your sphere of influence, then what are the things you do, Rachel, to make sure that they're thinking of you when they need help buying or selling real estate? How do you work that sphere of business consistently? I mean, I wish I had a really great answer for you, but I'm not super sure. I think I try to stay on top of mind through social media, mainly. I do a lot of social media. It's like a part-time job, but I also try to have fun with it. I did one event last year with pumpkin pies. I send out cards, you know, and I just try and stay in front of people. My parents are really great. They all both have a big spheres as well. I feel like whenever I go in and pop into my mom's hair salon, I stumble upon a new client, which is awesome. So I think I just try and stay on top of mind with everybody. You know, I'd like our listeners to hear this, Rachel, because people know you. I mean, you grew up in that market, but people who've known you prior to getting into real estate knew you in whatever role, whether it was the submarine repair lady (laughs) or, you know, whatever else they knew you. So getting them to think of you when they think of real estate, right, becomes a big deal. And staying top of mind is a part of that. So you mentioned social media, and I'd like to sort of dig deeper. It's easy just to say, well, well, I do it on social media. What does that mean? You doom scroll? You (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What are you doing specifically to keep yourself front and center with your sphere? It's kind of a hard balance between showing work stuff and showing personal stuff. But I feel I have a decent balance of that. I have a business Instagram and business Facebook, and I have a personal Instagram and a personal Facebook. And it is crazy trying to juggle between all four of those platforms. But I try to keep them fairly separated with also sprinkling in some real estate into my personal. Do you have a formula around that? You know, number of personal posts versus business posts? No, I don't. I wing it completely. I don't have a plan. I don't schedule anything. (laughs) But if I have an idea or if I have something I want to say, it usually comes to me like in the shower and then I get out of the shower and I'm sitting on the bathroom floor and I'm typing everything up. And I do a lot of lifestyle shoots with me and my dog. His name's Frank. He's my co-pilot. And I just post a picture with it. But I try to be educational And I also try to be entertaining, you know, try to follow those algorithm needs or whatever. I just post whenever I feel like it. And sometimes I'll take a break if I need to. And how do you know, are you able to measure whether or not you're being effective with that? I feel like I get a pretty decent amount of reactions and comments and I try to stay engaging with people. I think the most I have is on my personal Facebook page. That's where I have like more friends and, and more interactions. But I also feel like when I post my hiking adventures and things like that, that that gets more engagement. But then I'm also like, but don't forget I'm in real estate. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) 
You mentioned yeah. your transaction coordinator and that being like a really important part of leverage for you in the business, right? I think you said something like you can't imagine life without her. So tell me about the decision to bring that support and leverage into your business and how you went about doing that. So 2020 was bananas, as I'm sure it was for everybody. I don't know what was going on that year. It was crazy. I did a ton of business. People were coming out of the woodwork. I was also trying to continue my adventuring and I would be pulling over in parking lots on the way to doing something. And I would have to, you know, do all the computer stuff in the parking lot. I would carry my laptop around with me everywhere I went. And I managed to get through it, but it was November of 2020. I sat down with one of my lender partners and he just looks at me and he's like, you need to hire somebody. And I looked at him cross-eyed, like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. And it was really scary. And I left that meeting with him and I walked out to my car and I had an email from a transaction coordinator soliciting her business. And I was like, her name is Summer. That's my favorite season. The email came at this exact perfect time. So I threw her a deal just to see how it would go. And it was flawless immediately. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it was life-changing. So I've stuck with her ever since. And I just can't imagine not having her. So so is she a uh, independent contractor with her own transaction coordination business? Yep, yep. And by the way, I mean, that's a great interim first step, right? Where you're not taking on the risk of actually hiring somebody full-time. Mm-hmm. So do you have any goals around leverage in your world? Because a lot of people are happy to be a solo agent with administrative support. And I think that's awesome. Is that what you'd like to do or do you see yourself doing something different? I loved having an assistant. It was really great. But what was coming in the market, I just couldn't justify it towards the end of last year. But yes, eventually I would like to expand. It's funny that you ask because I'm writing my business plan right now. And of course, we have to do the 10-year and the 5-year. And ideally, it would be really great to have a buyer's agent, an assistant that does like client care and marketing, and then also maybe my own in-house TC or just continue to use summer. So eventually, yes, but I feel like I have a lot of stuff to get together before that point. Well, let me ask you, as you think about that, what would you have to do? What would your business have to be doing in order for you to be able to say, yeah, I can bring all these people on? Probably having more of a consistent business, you know, definitely something to provide to a buyer's agent. And I also really like being everywhere and doing everything. If I'm not out house hunting, I don't feel like I'm doing my job, even though I know that's dumb. So having a more of a consistent business, having more of consistent systems, which is all something that I plan on working on this year. It's kind of a rebuilding year for me, if you will. And so probably, you know, I'd say within the next two to five years, I'd like to be there. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Support for today's podcast provided by Keller Covered. Keller Covered is your one-stop shop for all your insurance needs. Keller Covered gives you direct access to one of the nation's largest networks of insurance providers. Shop for home, auto, umbrella, renters, cyber, and home warranty quotes from the country's leading carriers in a matter of minutes. Call 512-855-7158 or Visit us at kellercovered.com for more information. 
I'm curious because you mentioned what you experienced in the market in the back half of last year. You talk about this year kind of being a rebuilding year in your words. Like, tell us, what does that really mean to you? And then what specific things are you doing to rebuild and prepare for the future as you described it? Systems, you know, I don't have like, even just today, I was sitting down and I utilize a website called Postables for all of my greeting cards, my birthday and my anniversary cards. And I'm going through and I'm auditing the whole thing. And I'm like, man, I know there could be an easier way to be doing this, you know? having a CRM, having my gifting processes, having my buyer intake, my seller intake forms, just having a flawless, well-oiled machine is what I'm hoping to work towards right now. Now, because we have a little bit of extra time on our hands, I feel. (laughs) Rachel, talk to us a little bit. What has been your experience and what's going on in the market over there on the Kitsap? Well, it's definitely not 2021 or 2022. Houses are still selling. They're still buyers. It's just a lot slower. I think people are being way more methodical with what they're buying, not just anything that they can really get under contract. So I feel like they're just not as motivated, I guess, which is fine. It's understandable because now you're paying twice as much as you were two years ago for the same house. So I feel like unless someone has a circumstance that they're in to buy or sell, then there's just not as much going on. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think people are, it's not as much a motivation thing as much as, you know, if I'm going to be spending this sort of money, I want what I want, right? I'm not just going to take whatever I can get. Yeah. Sense of urgency is what I was thinking. There you go. Yeah. People aren't just buying a house that is falling down for $50,000 over anymore, which is great. (laughs) I'm happy about that. What do those conversations sound like with the client, Rachel, when they're wanting to be more methodical and their sense of urgency looks a little different? Like how as a professional are you coming alongside them in that particular case in this particular market? Well, it's funny. I'm closing on a house tomorrow that I have been with this buyer for a year and a half. And they told me in the beginning they want to look at as much as they can. And I have another lady I'm helping her also, we started at the top of the Kitsap Peninsula and we have gone all the way down to South Mason County and everywhere in between. And I just let people know that I'm along for the ride and I want them to be happy in this huge decision that they're making. Unless there's like a situation where if, you know, if there's multiple offers or an offer review date, those still happen that we might have to rush if we need to. But otherwise, I'm low pressure and I'm along as long as you need me. I've had a client who looked for two years before she bought a house. You've used the word adventure a couple of times already. And I'm wondering, so what does that look like for you? What does that mean? Personally, I really enjoy the outdoors. One of the gals in our office, Jen and I, we actually went to Italy this summer, which was a huge focus for my year this year was getting prepared to go to Italy. And we went and we did a 35 mile trek through the Italian Dolomites. It was a hut to hut hike, which we stayed in like bunk houses with 10 other ladies. And it was just incredible. It was a trip of lifetime for sure. So you're a big hiker, obviously hike the Olympics. I've coined Kitsap County to be the gateway to adventure because we are only a couple of hours to the Olympics, a couple of hours to the other side of the water, south. We've got a lot of adventures right here around us. I know when we asked in preparation for this, you said that one of the key things that you do is you bring fun 
to the process for your clients. So what does that look like? I mean, I try to gauge who my client is and their personality, but I really like to have a good time while we're out house hunting or listing because this whole process can be really stressful. And one of my biggest goals is to make it as least amount of stress as you can possibly have. Like one of my buyers that we went and we checked out a million houses one weekend and we named all of them, you know, so we could try to remember. I like to take photos, you know, while we're out house hunting. I just try to be myself with them so that they're comfortable with this process. So Rachel, you mentioned that you are in kind of the business planning season and you you talked about five years, 10 years. When you think about what the future of your business looks like, what are you most excited about looking out into the future? Oh my gosh. I mean, I just want to do this forever. I love this job. It is what I'm supposed to be doing. I like to say I burned the boats when I left the government because it's a very comfortable job. But when I look down the line, I know I'm going to be doing this. There's a couple that have been in real estate forever that are they're my mom's best friends. And I just, I'm like, I hope I'm like them when I'm that age. And they're just referral based and they do it when they need to. Like, I don't have any plans on retiring. I just don't know if I want to hustle this much. (laughs) It's the leverage, right? (laughs) Love that. So Rachel, I like to ask this question and that is, you know, based on what you know today, if you were to go back and talk to your younger self and give yourself advice, what advice would you give? If I could go back in time, when I moved home in 2010, gosh, I wish that I would have just gotten back into real estate when I got home. I tried in 2012, but there was way too much life going on. And I was trying to do it part time. And you can't do this job part time. And I was trying, but I wish I could have trusted myself enough to have just stayed in it here and built a business because I have no idea where I could be right now, 13 years later. Trust yourself. I love that. Yeah. I'll tell you, Rachel, this has been a treat for us. What a difference to come from a submarine repair lady to real estate, right? That's a big move. And by the way, I mean, I do mean to ask this. So you're fourth generation in the Naval Yard. Is that right? Yep. That's how I got the job is because my dad, he was a plank owner at Bangor Base. So they moved him over from PSNS, the shipyard to Banger when they first opened, but his dad and then his dad also worked at the shipyard. And if you're from Bremerton and you grow up here, you are like, I'm never going to work at the shipyard. And then everybody does. And it's a great job. It just wasn't quite for me. That's all. Well, I'll tell you, they're lucky to have you in real estate without a doubt. I just want to say to anyone who's looking to send some referrals over to the Kitsap Peninsula, and that would be a lot of little towns, a lot of real estate, look no further than Rachel Harris. And we'll have Rachel's contact information in the show notes. I guarantee you she'll take your clients on an adventure. So Rachel, thanks so much. We appreciate you. This has been awesome today. Thanks so much. Thank you. Now a brief word from our sponsors. Stick around. Welcome to KW Operations Community, an innovative platform designed to empower administrative staff and teams of all sizes. We believe in unlocking the immense potential of our unsung heroes, your secret weapon, the administrative support. Too often their careers have been capped, but not anymore. At KW Operations Community, we provide the tools to boost their professional growth through live trainings, coaching, 
and masterminds. Our extensive resources library is packed with templates, playbooks, and efficient systems for immediate implementation. This is not about pushing papers, it's about stepping into their strength zone. So let's break the mold together and help our support roles rise to their highest level. Join us at KW Operations Community today by visiting communities.kw.com. Gosh, Chase, uh, Rachel's fun. What were some of your key takeaways from our conversation with her? Well, first of all, Bruce, I'm just going to go ahead and go on record right now and say that the chances of us ever interviewing another submarine repair lady turned real estate agent are close to zero. (laughs) So that was a real (laughs) treat. You know, what a cool story, right? I think one of the things that stood out to me about the interview with Rachel is just how authentic she really is. And you can tell that that shows up for her with her sphere of influence and being from the area and even how she thinks about staying in touch with her database and through social media. It's easy to see that she is just her. And there's no doubt that she has a lot of deep relationships that she's nurturing in her sphere of influence, which is creating all of her business. Well, without a doubt. I mean, 42 transactions, nearly $20 million in production on her own, basically with a contracted transaction coordinator. I mean, she's working hard. There's no doubt about that. You know, I can just picture her and her co-pilot, Frank, the dog, riding with her as she drives across and it's beautiful territory over there. But I think the key here too is when all of your business is coming out of your database, one, you have to be doing a good job. Right. Otherwise, you don't continue to get those referrals. Right. It's it's providing that level of service that comes with it. And you can tell, I mean, she's committed to winning. When I say that, it came to me when she said, you know, I'm an electrical mechanic and I'm not very mechanical. Right. What I thought about there was, oh, my gosh, you know what? Even if you because I've said that often about myself is I'm not mechanical. But if I really wanted to, I could probably do it at a sufficient enough level. Right. And you can tell she's very personable and and she's in the right seat on the bus now as a realtor. Yeah, no doubt. I love that when she was talking about some of the changes that have happened in the marketplace and the level of urgency that buyers are having now, given the conditions versus, you know, when things were pretty crazy back in 2020, 2021, that authenticity really shows back through when she talks about matching her urgency to the client's. Right now, some people call it not being pushy. Some people call it patient. There's lots of words you can attach to it. But ultimately, a great experience for the client is when the professional's urgency matches their urgency. And that can be different for every client. It can be different given market conditions. And that's part of delivering that high level of service that you described. Right. That really showed through when she was describing how she's coming alongside of folks in the current marketplace Versus how might it, maybe it was a little different when things were bananas, the words she used back in 2020 as an example. And I think that what's important to hear there too, Chase, is that, you know, we've been in this long protracted period of things being sort of bananas. When I'm sure some people listen, well, you know, she'd been working with this client that she's closing on tomorrow for a year and a half. And yet that's the buyer's time frame, right, in order to find it. And oh, by the way, that's the market. And you have to adapt yourself to that market. So what that means is, okay, you're not going to be showing people two houses and writing whatever they can get their hands on. Instead, now they're going to be looking for something that they really like and they really want. And you just have to be aware of that. 
right? You're not going to be able to just slam people into a home. So you need to have enough people in your pipeline to go make that work for you financially. Yep, that's exactly right. And I just love Bruce when we asked her about, you know, what she was excited about in the future. I mean, she has no doubt that she wants to be doing this forever. In her words, no exit strategy. Matter of fact, the opposite of that, figure out how to do it forever. And I just love that joy and passion for what she's doing. And there's no doubt that that shows through in her social media posts and how she cares for her clients and the way that she nurtures and touches her sphere of influence. She just takes a lot, a lot of pride and gets a lot of joy from what she's doing to serve others. And shouldn't we all be so lucky to find that level of joy in taking care of other people in what we do for work? And I have no doubt that she's going to continue to do it at a high level for a long time. And you can even hear some of that going through her mind as she plans out her business. How she does it might be a little bit different. And yet the opportunity to still do that for a long, long time is something that she's absolutely thrilled with. Next week's Northern Lights guest is Andrew L. Anderson, author, speaker, master teacher, trainer, and certified life transformation and business productivity coach. We'll see you next week on The Real Look. This podcast is produced by Marissa Frost. Visit kwnwr.com to access the show notes from today's episode. Head over to Apple, Google, or Spotify, or really any major streaming platform to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a review. Thanks again for listening to The Real Look.